Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. And to bring you greetings. Uh, both to you, Bishop, but also to our listeners. Greetings from our Father, Apostle Grace Rivega, and uh, uh, his his love, his love. He knows that we are here sharing the Word of God, and uh, he conveyed his uh, greetings. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to maximize the time we have, and so we'll go straight into the Word of God straight into the word of God. And I believe tonight is very special. The message God has put upon my heart is very special. Uh, I pray that time would allow us to finish the message. Uh, by the grace of God, it is not that long. Uh, and so we should be able to finish it. Hallelujah. Uh, today, we will share concerning how to put the devil where he belongs. That's a very important uh, topic. How to put the devil where he belongs. Because uh, the devil seems to be uh, a major topic in the lives of many Christians. Seems to be a major topic. Every Everywhere you hear the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. The devil did that, the devil did that. It's like the devil is having uh, a party in uh, the lives of believers. You know, believers seem to have more testimonies of what the devil is doing in their lives than what God is doing. <clears throat> and the reason is simple. The devil is not put where he should be. You see? You might not, you might not uh, completely eliminate the devil's appearances, but you can surely put him where he belongs. You know, that might sound like news for some people. You can actually put the devil where he belongs. You can put the devil where he belongs. The Bible is very clear about our authority as believers. And you know, be, as believers, we know about our authority. But using it is another matter. Using it is another matter. And of course, that is why we need to be trained. We need to be trained because, you see, we are in a spiritual kingdom. We are spiritual. And so we need to know how to deal in the realm of the spirit. You see, so that we do not fight in the physical, fighting spiritual wars. So there's there's need for teaching and training so that you don't find yourself in a place of disadvantage. You see that? Because you find that 
this devil has actually done too much because of our uh, not knowing how to deal with him. You see, how to deal with him. And so we need to know where, how do we put him where he belongs? So that you might have, uh, you might have and enjoy your life. <clears throat> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible uh, is clear when you read in the book of Genesis, where we first hear of the devil. God told Adam to guard the garden. To guard the garden. He was told to do two things. To keep and to guard. To tend, to tend the garden and to guard that garden. So he was not just supposed to, you know, to probably maybe weed or maybe uh, cut off dead, dead ends. But of course, those days there was no dead end on any plant because death had not come into the world. Death, the Bible says, came by sea. So there was no drying of plants in the Garden of Eden. There's no drying of plants. Maybe I don't know which kind of care. I can't say I don't know because I, God takes care of us with his word. Probably Adam was supposed to be speaking to these trees and then they, they blossom. Yeah. At least I, I can have a clue that he probably was talking to those trees and telling them to blossom and bring forth fruits. Because there was no... There was no other way to take care of a tree in the absence of death. You know, today when we are taking care of our plants, we are managing death. But in those days, before, before Adam and Eve sin, there was no death. So the best way to take care of that garden was just maybe to speak fruitfulness. Because we see God actually speaking fruitfulness, uh, saying, be fruitful before death came. So probably that's how Adam was uh, taking care of the garden, by talking to it. But that was not the only thing Adam was told. Adam was told to guard. Now, that is the part I think he became negligent in because how did the devil make it to the garden? How? Probably if he had guarded that garden, if he had guarded the garden, the devil would, would not have had entry into the garden. So there was some there was some negligence. There was some negligence. Now I want us to read a scripture. I want us to read a scripture in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's message is going to bless, is going to bless you. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, very short verse. Ephesians 4, 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Paul is telling us that we can deny the devil place. The reason as to why the devil seems to, you know, to be very busy in our lives or the devil has done this to my family. The devil has done this to my body. The devil has done this to my finances. Oh, the devil has stopped this business. Oh, the devil has hindered our church. The devil, the devil, the devil. is probably because of the too much space the devil is enjoying. The devil is enjoying too much space, too much place. 
He is taking advantage of the places he has in your life. The places. Because Paul is saying, give no place. You see? So the reason as to why we go through too much is because we have given too much space to the devil. And Paul is saying, give no place to the devil. Which means, when the devil comes to you, he's looking for place. You see? He's looking for place. Before he begins to do... Many people normally see what the devil has done. But they do not see the place he's occupying to do what he's doing. So you find that they are trying to solve a problem that the devil has caused. But they are not solving the problem of the space from which he functions. <laughs> you see that? They, they, don't, they don't, because the reason that's why the devil finds place is so that he can operate. He does, he does not just operate without space. The first thing he wants in any man's life is place. Place. He wants place first. Place somewhere to operate from before he can even operate. That's why many Christians, they don't know when the devil came. They just know when the devil did what he did, but they don't know when he came. You see that? Because of ignorance. Because before the devil does anything in any man's life, he has to first find place. Because if he has no place, he can't operate. He can't operate. He needed place. And you see, that's even, even that's how God also operates. God can also, cannot also do some things in your life until he has a particular space in your life. Even, even God wants place in our lives to function. He doesn't force himself on us. He wants place. If you don't give place to God, he will also not function. You see that? He does not enforce himself on us. But even the devil, he can't. He can't. It is not in, it is not divine, it's not in divine laws. He will, he will be going against divine laws to take place that is not given to him. Also. So the devil also tries to ensure he keeps divine laws. Otherwise, by now, he would have been eliminated. The reason that's why the devil is still walking around is because he also knows how to stay in divine laws. So he seeks place. And once he finds place, then he begins to use that place to do whatever else he does in the Christian's life. So it is important to know which places am I supposed to keep the devil out? Or which places do the, does the devil, is the devil looking for? Of course, there's no place he should occupy in my life. You see? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So how to keep him where he belongs is information that we, you need as a Christian. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is very important information. And so we're going to go through a few scriptures that I believe uh, will be of great help. Will be of great help. But maybe I could interest you also with this story of the man called Job. We all are acquainted with the man Job. Hallelujah. Job, the devil gave testimony when he was in heaven that he was not able to access the Job. The devil could not access Job because God asked the devil, 
have you have you considered my servant job you ask the devil where are you from he says i'm from moving to and fro in the earth i was moving to and fro in the earth hmm? and god said have you considered my servant job that there's none like him in the earth have you considered my servant job and the devil testifies that he had no access to job which means there was a time in job's life where there was no devil hallelujah there was a time in job's life where he was not dealing with any devil because satan also testified that he could not reach job he couldn't access job and by this time job had grown up he was a man he was a big man and even had sons so you imagine job all his life he had never had encounters with satan because the blessing of god was upon him <laughs> he was too blessed satan could not access him so it is possible it is very possible to live a satan free life hallelujah Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It is very possible, very possible to live a certain free life. Job was enjoying a certain free life. And if it was possible in that covenant, the old covenant, it is much more possible in the New Testament. Because even this is Paul telling us to give no place to the devil. All the havoc Christians are going through is it's because the devil has found place a, a playground somewhere to play from now this is a very sensitive message very very sensitive message because some people the devil has even delayed them on some things praise Lord jesus christ so today i want us to see just five places that the devil is taking advantage of five places that the devil is using that now you begin to learn to keep him out. Just like Job kept the devil out. We, we learn to keep the devil out. You know, Satan of course came later in the life of Job and did happen. But before then, Job was enjoying a devil-free life. It is possible for you to have a devil-free life. Contrary to what you have been hearing, that, oh, you know, God and Satan are too close. The people teach like that. There are some teachings like that, that, oh, God and the devil. They are always close to you. No, the devil, yes, will not stop coming to you, but you learn to put him where he belongs. The Bible talks about how he came to Jesus. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You see? Jesus is giving the devil his place. You are, As the devil, you are not supposed to be in front of me. Get behind me. It is okay as the devil for you to be in my past, but I don't want you in my future. Get behind me, sir. Get behind me, sir. Get behind me, sir. See that? He was giving him his place behind. You can, you can mess up with me. You can try to touch my past. Because Jesus also knew that he cannot do anything with his past. The devil cannot do anything with your past. Because what has been done has been done in the past. So he also cannot change much in the past. 
If you can only use some things in the past to bring it in the future. Now, that's now for you, chase him from the future. He said, get behind me. Jesus said, I don't want you in my future because that's where I'm going. You can go where I'm from, but don't come to where I'm going. So he positioned him, says, get behind me, Satan. He put him where he belonged. And according to the scriptures, the devil belongs under your foot. He belongs under your foot. So whenever the devil shows up, you put him where he belongs, under your foot. Praise God. Under your foot. Hallelujah. And so we are going to look at uh, five places that the devil often uses in believers' lives. There could be more places. Of course, God will continue to teach us. But uh, these five are some of the major. And so I will, I will request you to pay serious attention. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the places that allows the devil to do what he does in a man's life is your fear or your fears. That's number one, your fears. Your fears. Your fears are a free plot of land for the devil to do what he wants to do. Your fears. You know, believers have not totally dealt with the fear. They are afraid of tomorrow. Afraid of what might happen. Afraid, afraid. And, you know, they are always wanting to know uh, what evil has happened. You know? They are always on, on, on TV watching uh, bombings, which place they have bombed. Uh, who, has, who, who has died today? You know? Who has died today? It is the very reason why uh, we actually run to doctors to check. So that you find that you are okay. Nothing is wrong in, in your body. But you want to just fight to verify with the doctor whether you are actually fine in the body. Say, doctor, check me. I want to know whether uh, I am 100% here. <laughs> By the time the doctor is through telling you, that will help the devil to bring the grave next to your eyes. Every time you open your eyes, you see a grave. You see a grave. You see a grave. <laughs> Some of you begin to dream coffins. Why? Because of the things you have been exposed to. So you, you have seen yourself die, 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 die. You have, you know, one day, one day I told the devil, the devil, the devil tried to show me my, my, my death and my burial. He does those things to many people. Many people have seen, many people have, uh, have dreamt themselves uh, being buried. So that, that day I said, devil, I've ever dreamt such a dream before. Which means you buried me some time back. How do you bother me the second time? <laughs> Already there was a value. I dreamt, I dreamt dying. How many times does a person die? <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So some of us have been built in the word of God. The devil can't confuse that. The devil cannot confuse that. And so the information that we get from, from, from TV, the books some of us read, some of us like movies, and you find someone, some Christians say, Me, I love horror. I love horror movies. And then when, when the movie, the horror movie is playing, you find them afraid in the movie. But they like to watch it, but then you find them shivering. And then they wonder why they have such demonic dreams and stuff. When you are a fearful person, that is an open door 
for the devil to begin doing these things. Because if the devil can show you the grave enough, your years are shortened. If every time you see yourself die, 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 die. And why do you see yourself die? Because of the things you have been exposed to. And so as believers, there has to be a certain kind of discipline on what you watch, what you hear. The Bible says we have good news to preach. Why are you addicted to, uh, to CNN, BBC? News that they fabricate. Whereby the, those people that give news, they, they, they even know what, they, they edit what to, what to put, what to, what to show people. They even edit. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Peter 5, 9. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me try to add speed so that we can finish our points. Okay. Let's, from verse 8. Let's read from verse 8. From verse 8. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about, he walks about, Seeking whom he may devour. He walks about seeking whom he may devour. That's why he says be sober. Okay? It says be sober. Which means he's helping you to understand those that the devil eats. He eats those who are not sober. You see? So the devil knows who to eat. He knows who to consume. He knows who to devour. The one he should devour is the one who is not sober. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says, be sober. It's important to be sober because he says he's looking for those who are not sober to eat them, to finish them. So he says, be sober, be vigilant because you adversary the devil as a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, because he's not a lion. As a roaring lion, he is as. He's not a lion. He's as a roaring lion. He says, he's, he, says he walks about Seeking whom he may devour, but he devours then those that are not sober. So it's important that you are sober. And this message is going to sober us up in a few in a few areas. He's seeking whom to devour, and he's looking among those who are not sober. He cannot eat a sober person. He cannot devour a sober person. How sober are you? Praise the Lord Jesus. If you are if you are fearful, you are not sober. Fear is for people that are not sober. You cannot be fearful and sober at the same time. You see that? Now, verse 9, talking about that same devil, says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. It says, Whom you resist steadfast in the faith? Are you steadfast in the faith or steadfast in your fears? Are you steadfast in the faith or steadfast in your fear? The people who are so fearful, their fear has solidified. It's like faith. They believe that any weapon fashioned against them shall prosper. They know that any weapon fashioned against them can prosper. The people who, who know that any weapon fashioned against them can prosper. They, 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 they have turned the scripture to work for the devil. <laughs> No weapon fashioned against me can prosper. 
Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Same thing as fear. It comes by hearing the words of this word. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, you can only resist the devil when you are steadfast in the faith. I used to, don't just have faith. Become steadfast in this matter. Steadfast. Why? You know that no, the devil can't do such a thing in my life. He's not permitted. He's not permitted. So your faith will keep the devil out of your life. So feed your faith. Don't feed your fears. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Don't feed your fears. You, it's okay to see the doctor. I'm not against doctors. But let the doctor, let the doctor's word be submitted to God's word. You see that? Whatever the doctor will say, let it be subject to what God has said. The doctor's word should not sink God's word. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So fear is one of those places. And you don't need to feed your fears. Feed your faith. Yes, if you're afraid, it's okay. But begin to starve the fears. Don't give, it, don't give your fears more information. Give your faith more information. Let your faith feed. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Get the word of God that concerns faith, that builds your faith and build your faith strong. Because it says you can only resist this devil. Stead fast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. Don't just have faith. Be steadfast in the faith. Some people play with the word. They, 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 have, they handle the word casual. Don't. Don't. The other time Pastor Dana was sharing with us and she said uh, she said that uh, the word of God is your life. It's your life. Yes, it is. It is your life. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God is your life. So you cannot take it lightly. Hallelujah. So it says, we resist the devil steadfast in the faith. The Bible also shows that faith is a shield. That's Ephesians chapter 6. Faith is a shield. Which means, without faith, you are exposed. You see that? Without faith, you are exposed. Faith is a shield. You imagine you're, you are in, in battle and you have no shield. It means, yes, you are fighting. When you throw your arrows, they go. You can even hit some enemies, but because you lack a shield, any arrow that comes at any time, you're finished because you have no shield. Faith is a shield. You have to have faith. That's not something we can debate. If you're going to keep the devil out, what is this? The gift. It's a man. It's a man. <laughs> My daughter has brought for me a man. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so, faith is a shield. Without it, you are exposed. Any arrow that is shot at you will arrive. How come every arrow the devil shoots arrives? It is the absence of that kind of shield. Bible talks about the shield of faith. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. You can have the word, the rhema of God, which is this, you know, the sword of the sword, which is the rhema of God. But if you have no shield, it doesn't matter how much you how, how much you do with the sword, the word. Because the people know how to quote the word in prayer. They say, in the name of Jesus, it is written that the devil shall not do this. It is written. All those things, you can quote them, but as long as you have no faith to guard yourself, you are exposed and any arrow that is shot will arrive. So you have to build your faith strong. Don't build your fears. If you are afraid, it's okay. We can understand that part. 
But now, stab your fears, feed your faith. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some Christians who say, uh, when, when, when they talk about uh, the devil and all these things, they say, fire, fire. That fire will not work. <laughs> you must have the word of God. But fire. The devil does not respect that kind of fire. Can't burn the devil. <laughs> fire. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah 23, 29, that isn't my word as the fire. So the word of God is the one which is a fire. The things of fire, that many that thing is very common in Fire. Even pastors say, tell, tell people, say fire. It, yes, when the pastor says it, it might work. <laughs> because it's, from, it's coming from an authority. But as a believer, don't get used to fire. Get the word of God. Let the word of God, God be the fire in you. Praise God. Because there's a time when you say fire, and yes, there's fire. But there's when your fire is just a, a, a response to your fear. <laughs> it, that kind of fire is not going to burn the devil. The devil is not that confused to be burned by fire. <laughs> when, you, when you teach about how the devil is walking about to look, looking for who to eat, they say, hey, fire! No, he says, don't say fire. He says, be sober. Be sober. You can say fire, but if you're not sober, you will be fed on. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's number one. And it's very key. Number two. So your fear is one of the places that must be closed. How? By being steadfast in the faith. Being steadfast in the Don't joke with these things. Being steadfast in the faith. So then number two, your ignorance. Your ignorance. Your ignorance, in general, the ignorance of the word of God, your ignorance of God, your ignorance of the spiritual realm, your ignorance of yourself, who are you as, as a believer, who are you, knowing who you are, but also knowing who is the devil, who are these demons. Do you have, how much information do you have about the devil from the scripture? Your ignorance. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Maybe from verse 10. You can take it from verse 10. 2 Corinthians 2, from verse 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. From verse 10. He says, uh, just to give it a good context, he says, to whom he forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Christ. He's talking about forgiveness. And then in verse 11, he says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Okay. For we are not ignorant of his device. Lest Satan should have advantage, should take advantage of us. Should says, lest Satan should get an advantage. You see that? Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his device. You see that? So ignorance gives the devil advantage. So he's saying, if we are, if we had we been ignorant, the devil would have had advantage. What you don't want is for the devil to have advantage over you. Advantage. Take chances over you. 
in all situations, God wants you to be uh, on top, to have authority, and not to be taken advantage of. But for that to happen, he says, you can't be ignorant. You see that? You have to be knowledgeable of the truth. The Bible says, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth. So if your freedom is tied to the truth, you, you too must be tied to that truth. You see, you cannot ignore the truth and then pray against the devil. How? Because the Christians, they major more on praying against Satan. They, they, they bind Satan, they rebuke Satan, but they know nothing in the scripture. They can't even quote two verses. But they, they, they bind in the morning. They bind in the afternoon. They bind. And what they are binding, they, they think Satan is just available for them to bind anyhow. Why <laughs> bind? The Bible, the Satan is not omnipresent. He's not omnipresent. It is his system that makes him seem to be omnipresent, but he's not omnipresent. And so the time you are saying, by, by bind him, you could be in Japan. Now for you, you are binding from here. <laughs> he's not available for everybody to just buy. <laughs> we deal with him in the word. In the word. If you have no truth, you cannot keep the devil out. He is taking advantage of the things you don't know. So he says, we are not ignorant of the, dev the devices of the devil, his ways, his formulas. That's why even in the upper verse, he's talking about forgiveness. He says, we are working in forgiveness. Then in the next verse, he says, let's start and play around with us. Because if you are not, if you, ha if you have bad things, if you're not for a forgiving person, that's also another area the devil will use. You are ignorant because... It is an, an issue of ignorance for you not to forgive. Because once you don't forgive, the devil can ride on that and begin a pattern. Throw his own pattern in your life. So Paul knows, knows, knows enough to not hold any grudge. Because he knows if I hold a grudge, it's not just between me and the person I don't like. The devil can actually come in. The devil can actually come in. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says, lest the devil has advantage. Lest Satan has advantage. Praise God. Says we are not ignorant. Are you ignorant? So what are you going to do about that ignorance? Get the word. Get the word. Get to know these things. Know who God is. Know who you are. Know the realm of the spirit. And how to operate there. Get to know even this devil. Who is this devil? Is he as, as great as we have assumed him to be? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he as great as we have, we have assumed him to be? Because ignorance also is in, two, is in two kinds. There is the ignorance of I don't know. But there's the ignorance which is in form of knowledge. There's ignorance which is also in form of knowledge. Where what you know is your ignorance. What you know is your ignorance. There are people who know too much about the devil that they don't no longer know what God is doing. All they know is what Satan is doing. The devil is doing this, the devil is doing this. They know too much of what Satan is doing. They know nothing of what God is doing. Yet God is more busy in your life than Satan. <laughs> God is more busy in your life 
If God was not as busy as he is in your life, this Satan should have finished you long ago. <laughs> but to, to many believers, Satan is busier than God. They know too much of the devil. The works of God have disappeared. They don't even think God is working anything in their life. Why? Because also because of some teachings that we have received. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some teachings we have received. Some teachings we have received that inform us more of the, de the devil's works. And also there's some, you know, there's, like I said, ignorance is in the tomb. There is knowledge you have of the devil that is not of the scripture. That is just coming from your culture. The people who, the information they have about Satan is from their culture. Like, they normally used to tell us, not, do not to whistle at night. But if you whistle at night, <laughs> it's a, if you whistle at night, the devil might come. If you whistle. So if, if you forgot and you whistled at night, you hold your mouth. Mm. <laughs> as soon as you begin to whistle, you mm. let the devil come. It is not in the scriptures. They tell you, oh, if you, if you are walking on, on the road and then a cat crosses the road, that they expect misfortune. <laughs> and you find that believers, believers up to now, they are being, they are functioning by the, the information of the, they got from God and tradition. Mm -hmm. And then you know you have other, these other pastors also who have who have deep revelations of how the devil functions. But if you dream this, it means this. If you dream that, if you, and all that is not in the Bible. You stick to what the Bible says. But if you dream, because if, if we preach to you and tell you, if you dream a rat, that means poverty. But if, and that one is, what, by the way, that one is even widely very acceptable. That if you dream a rat, that is poverty. So if you just dream a rat, so because you know that if you dream a rat, it means poverty, the devil must bring a rat in your dream to emphasize his point that you are broke, that you are poor. So from the time you dream it, now you know, ah, I have to deal with poverty. Then you begin the whole week, you you fast the whole week trying to break the spirit of poverty because you dream the right. Is it in the Bible? No. So you have extra information that's not in the Bible. So that information has become also your ignorance. You know too much. You know too much that God didn't tell you. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The things you know, is it to God who told you? Do you know it from the scripture? Praise the Lord. So your ignorance. So invest in the word of God. Get to know the truth. Don't just hear the word of God in form of news. Receive it as truth. Accept it as truth. Praise God. Number three. Maybe we can move to number three. So one, number one, your fear. That's the place that is free for the devil to use. Number two, your ignorance. That's another place free for the devil to use. Number three, your pride. Your pride. Any area where you're proud is a playground for the devil. Your pride. Your pride. Let's look at uh, let's look at uh, James chapter four verse seven. James chapter four verse seven. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see that? 
submit yourself yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you there are people listen he didn't say bind the devil or say fire and he will flee from you you have said fire. the times you have said fire if the devil was afraid of that kind of fire you should have fled <laughs> long ago <laughs> fire he <laughs> <laughs> I bind, I bind. You are bind. <laughs> now, if you bind, you know we need to discuss. If you bind, but you are not submitted to God, how will the devil flee? How do we confuse ourselves? Why do we choose to confuse ourselves when we have the word of God? Hmm? Why do we confuse ourselves when we have the word of God? The word of God says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee. So if you don't submit yourself to God, how do you expect to resist the devil and flee? And he shall, the devil shall flee. So we can't confuse yourself. If the devil is refusing to flee, take your submission to God. You see that? Check on your submission to God. And put that one right. Because if you don't put it right, you can resist how much you want to resist. Because when you're not submitted to God, you ask you are therefore submitted to the devil. It's, there's no middle ground. You are either submitted to God or to the devil. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You are either submitted to God or to the devil. Now, if you're submitted to the devil, how do you, how do you resist a devil you're submitted to? How? How do you expect a devil that you're submitted to to go when you resist? When you resist, how will he go? You see that? To submit yourself to God. Now, the reason as to why many Christians are not able to resist this devil is because when the devil comes in their life, he creates a relationship with them. The devil knows how to create these relationships with the believers. Because he knows if he creates a relationship with a believer, it will be difficult for him, for that believer, to cast him out because they already have a relationship. You see that? He's a very smart devil. When you look at the book of Genesis, he came to Adam and Eve and began to tell them about this tree. And then you see, this tree, the reason as to why God does not want you to eat from it is because he knows that the day you eat this thing, You'll be as wise as he is. You'll be as God, knowing both good and evil. So God is hiding some things from you. So from that discussion, it seems like the devil is on their side. Hmm? God is revealing to them. No, no, the, the devil is revealing to them how God is hiding. You see, the devil is revealing what God is hiding. <laughs> so the devil is like their friend. You see? He says, guys, God is hiding secrets from you. Me, I have come to reveal them. <laughs> ah! The devil loves them that much that what God has hidden for them, for the devil for them, he, he wants to show them. He loves them so much. He wants to show them what God has hidden. God is hiding information from you people. <laughs> and I've come to help you. Because, you see, you have to be wise. You have to be, have you ever had people come to you and say, you see, you have to be wise. You have to be wise. 
So the devil also came saying, guys, you have to be wise. God has hidden certain kind of wisdom from you. You have to be wise. This fruit here is hiding wisdom. You see that? And so he seems to be creating a certain relationship with them. Because you see, the devil is doing the same tricks even today. He's doing the same tricks even today. He comes to, to you and sits next to you and begins, he begins to lecture you on the men of God. So you see, men of God is dead. Men of God, you can't trust men of God these days. Hmm. Men of God. Then you find that before you know, all your honor for men of God has gone. <laughs> men of God have become, have become as common as any person working on this thing. Where is it coming from? From the secrets the devil gave you about men of God. You know men of God. Say, me, I know men of God. You can't confuse me. I know men of God. Where did you get your information about men of God? <laughs> so as we speak, no man of God has honor in your life. Why? Because you know men of God. You know men of God. How did it come to pass? And that, the, the devil helped Adam and Eve to know God. God is a secret to God. He doesn't want to expose them to wisdom. And so the devil is on their side in giving them the wisdom that God does not want them to have. You see that? And so before you know, you are not submitted even in the ministry. Or if you are submitted, you are submitted uh, superficially. But in your head, you have been corrupted. You don't have, you no longer have true honor. Why? Because the devil has sat you down and told you about men of God. How, how, how fake they are, how ungenuine they are. You know, the devil can tell you how your pastor doesn't like you. See, your pastor is hiding things from you. Why isn't your pastor telling you this? Hmm? Your pastor went ahead and held such a party and he never told you anything. Hmm? And then yet he, yet he says he loves you. You are his members. And then he's not telling you about this. Your pastor is hiding the finances from you. He never accounts to you the finances. What kind of pastor is that? And then also there are some critics like those who discuss men of God. They sit down and they begin to discuss men of God. And then the devil also contributes and tells them, see, men is men of God. Before you know, you are not submitted to any authority. And because you're not submitted to any authority, when the devil strikes, he knows you have no position to resist him because there's no submission. Praise God. So you learn to humble yourself. You learn to humble yourself under the authority of God. That is when you can resist the devil and he will flee. Praise God. And that kind of fleeing, if you read the scripture properly, it's not that kind of fleeing where the devil can go and come back. It's not the kind. Hallelujah. Number, that was number three. So you now, you, you have to do a pride check. That you, you are sure you are humble before God. Perfect your humility. Perfect On every point, I want you to mark the things I say after. The first point, we, 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 we spoke of faith. Concerning the fear, we spoke of faith. Number two, ignorance, we spoke of truth. Get the word of God in you. Get the truth. Number three, pride. Check perfect 
your humility, your submission. Number four. Number four. Another area where the devil is playing games from is your secrets. Your secret. You know, some believers don't know that they ought to have secrets. They don't know that they ought to have secrets. It's important as a believer to know how to deal in the realm of the spirit. It's very, very important because there are believers who their life is so open. So open. And so it is easy for the devil to read their life and know how to hinder them. Because your life is too open. These days we have social media. Everyone, whatever happens in anyone's life goes on, goes on Facebook. Before you know, it's, it's posted. We are eating fish on the beach. Then they take a, a selfie. The devil always knows where you are. Anything, anything concerning your life is exposed. So how, why would the devil not track you down and successfully get to you? Any kingdom that has no secrets cannot stand. That's why the Bible talks about the mysteries of the kingdom. The mysteries. Our kingdom has mysteries. <laughs> God hides things. God hides things. Our kingdom has secrets. Now, you, how come your kingdom has no secrets? You, everything is exposed. So the devil knows how to hunt you down because he knows everything concerning you. Everything is very open. You know, one day, God gave a secret to wise men in the Bible. So those, those wise men, they looked at the star. Nobody else knew what that star meant. Everyone went outside and they saw stars in the sky. Wow, the sky today is very beautiful. Stars. For them, God gave them a secret. When they saw a star, they knew this is not an ordinary star. It was wisdom from God. So they begin to move with gifts to take to Jesus. But do you know why they, they went first? They went, instead, they went to Herod with God's secret. <laughs> they went and revealed all God's secret to Herod. And before we know, Herod is beginning to hunt for Jesus to the point where God had to reappear to Joseph to tell him, God, take this baby to Egypt. <laughs> but where did the problem come from? From God giving his secrets to wise men. <laughs> These men were deep. God gave them mysteries. And then they took the mysteries to Herod. They were, the star was supposed to lead. The star was not going to Herod. The star was going to Jesus. But for them, on their way, they felt like they needed to, to meet the president of the country. Because they had the connection. They were rich guys. They had the connection. So they went to Herod. Well, the moment they told Herod, Herod said, ah, guys, I want to worship that thing. But since when was, did Herod become a worshiper? <laughs> Herod, Herod wants to worship. <laughs> the people that know your secrets, are they worshippers? <laughs> huh? Herod, 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 Herod. Since when did Herod become a worshiper of Jesus Christ? <laughs> uh, that baby, I want to worship. I want to worship that baby. Please uh, give me extra, <laughs> even requested, give me extra information. <laughs> the devil is looking for secrets. Now, many of you, 
when you get uh, when you get revelations of what God wants to do in your life, things God wants to perform in your life, uh, the things you want to do quickly before you even you know pray about them, you begin to tell people. By the way, we are planning on uh, you know there's you know what to uh, we are planning on beginning a ministry here here a global ministry. We want to do, have some global impact, and the devil says global what? Because <laughs> the, the devil is in the middle, like, global. <laughs> you want to have a global impact. So the devil also holds the meeting and says, now, before we have heard that that woman of God wants to have global impact, please, before she can have global impact, give her a family problem. <laughs> that she might be busy, too busy in her head to think about the globe. <laughs> make sure they, make sure you go and attack the husband. <laughs> they, they, make the, they make the husband the project. Because if, if we don't handle this thing from home, it is going to become a global because they have all the news. <laughs> Your secrets are out there. Before, before you even pray about an issue, it's already out there. Everybody knows you are global, you are international. Mm -hmm. God has sent you to touch the globe. <laughs> the devil says, touch the globe while, I, while I'm watching. <laughs> so he causes a very, very domestic problem. You find yourself too busy in a domestic problem. You will never think about nations. He knows you can't think about the nation with a, an abusive husband. He knows. But how did he know? You revealed the secret. If God can hide his desert in Egypt, why don't you also hide your project? When you look at the life of Samson, what were the Philistines looking for? The secret of his power. The secret, they, what the devil wants is the secret. The enemies of any nation want the secrets of that nation. You see that? And so that's why you have to learn to speak in other tongues. Because when you pray in other tongues, you close the devil out. You pray. Let's look at that verse. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Our time has gone. Our time has gone. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. When you hear the choir in the background, that's my daughter. Praise the Jesus Christ. 14, verse 2. He says, right from verse 1, he says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Verse 2, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, but how be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. In the spirit he speaks mysteries, which means in the spirit he speaks coded things in the spirit. The things he speaks are coded. The devil cannot decode such, such information because you are talking to God. So that, inform that information is, is coded, is hidden. That is why most of the projects you have wanted to do, where are they? There are many things you have told people you are going to do. Uh, we are planning, uh, we are planning uh, next month, we are going to, uh, yeah, we, are, we are planning about, where are all those projects? It's not because God didn't talk to you about those projects. But you spilled all your secrets. You see that? So you have to learn before you can talk to people about the projects you want to do. Can you pray? Because at least, even if you don't know how to speak in tongues, you pray at least and let God cover you. Because also God gets shocked when you tell your people what you, or your, uh, your people what you want to do. Sometimes God gets shocked. Hey. <laughs> I, me, I thought it was between us. Before <laughs> God is shocked. <laughs> 
I thought this thing was what I should I should have also appeared further and told them. I appeared to you and talked to you. Before we before we know the thing is everything in the whole village. The whole area knows. The city has come to know that we are me and you are in something. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have to learn to keep. So that's something the Holy Spirit can teach you. That is something the Holy Spirit can teach you. So if you're not willing to keep your secret, how are you going to keep the devil out? Because the moment he discovers the secret of Samson, Samson is gone. And the writer, perhaps, the writer will continue because the writer is not married to Samson, the writer is married to the Philistines. You need to know which people have a certain relationship with Philistines so that you don't relate with guys who have connections with Satan. The wise men, actually God had to reappear to them and tell them, guys, don't go back to Herod. He reappeared. He had to reappear. They forced God to appear again. <laughs> the guys, don't go back to Herod. Please, take another route. Praise God. The last one, this time has gone. The first one we said was fear. Your fear is a playground for the devil to play around. It's place given. Your ignorance is place given. So you don't become ignorant. Number three, your pride is giving the devil space. Number four, your secret. Just talk anyhow. Learn to learn to be a person of the secret place. We talked about the secret place sometimes, but by the time you speak about it, because you cannot say, so should we speak? No, there's when to speak, but by the time you speak, you have already covered it in the spirit because once it has already happened in the spirit, no one can stop it in the physical. But if you have not given it a foundation in the spirit, it will definitely fall in the physical. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So the last one, which is number five, as we finish, is your lack of self-control. Your lack of self-control. Hmm? Let me get you this verse. Your lack of self-control. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Proverbs 25, 28. The Bible says, He, he has, he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now you imagine the kind of city that has no walls. It means it is exposed, which means any life that has no self-control, that's what it calls rule over your own spirit. That's self-control. Rule over your own that's self-control. He says if you don't have self-control, you are exposed. It doesn't matter how much, how much you pray, how you go to the prayer mountain, how you bind, how you cast out if you have no self-control. There has to be a certain control to self. Because if a city is exposed, how will it not be attacked successfully? Of course, even if you have a wall, you'll be attacked. <clears throat> even if you have a wall, you'll be attacked. But the wall is an advantage. You see that? The wall is an advantage. But if you have no control, it means you are exposed. You see that? Let me let's also read another scripture. Let me, these are these are very very important things because there are people who are who who can who are welcome anywhere. They can eat anywhere. The first time they enter any house, the first time they begin on on cookies. <laughs> the cookies are already on the table. That's that's warm up before the real meal. Cookies. 
Popcorn anjinan. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That there has to be a level of you can't eat any everywhere. Oh, if we don't eat, the Bible says we eat whatever is put before you. Not in all cases. <laughs> Not in all cases. There has to be a certain level of control on your words, control on, on, on what you eat. People just took before you know words, like, like words don't don't pass through the head. They just flow from the mouth straight. From the heart through the mouth. No, then pass through the head. For you to first think before you speak. That's to be a control over your word. To learn to be quiet. You see, the people who think every matter must be spoken about, no. Control. By the way, to be a forgiving person is also a level of control. Because when you forgive, it means you have the, your speech is strong. If you can forgive, your speech is very strong. It is very controlled. It's a, it's, it's a, a sign of a control. A man who is not forgiving, his spirit is not controlled. And that such a man is not fenced around. Not fenced around. You can't eat everything. You can't drink everything. You can't go everywhere. Even go, by the way, we talk about eating in houses, but even even going to the houses in the first place, over visiting. Huh? You are everywhere. You visit everywhere, and then when you enter, the first thing, popcorn and dinner, cookies and daddies. <laughs> that is that is before that is before the actual meal. And then when they bring the actual meal, oh. oh, oh. And so that is one of the places, even if they don't poison you, even if you are not poisoned, you are already in a very compromised place. Let me show you something, uh, and, uh, and then we'll finish. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have taken much time. I think I need to finish. But let me just trust this. Let me just trust this. I beg, I beg for just an extra two minutes, and, and then, and then we'll, we'll conclude. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, in the book of Psalm, thank you, Lord God. Maybe I'm going to request a uh, man of God, Kephas, I've seen you online. Give me that scripture that talks about uh, as a man is, so is he, but in the in the in the Old Testament version, the Old Testament version of that, give it to us. It talks about uh, a man who uh, invites you, but his heart is not in you. It's in the book of Psalms. Help us with that scripture. Help us with that scripture. I want us to read it. Thank you, Lord God. If you find it, please give it to us. I'm also trying to get it here. It's important that we see. It's important that we see. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Have we gotten it? Have we gotten it? Uh, okay. Maybe we shall get this. We can even search for it and get it. The Bible says, when you are invited at the king's table, the Bible says, put a knife on your neck. Put a knife on your neck. When the king invites you to the table, he says, put a knife to your neck. Not because the king is going to uh, poison you. But that you might miss your opportunity. There are some of you, God, you ask for open doors, and then God opens the door and you meet the king. 
but because of your appetite that's the last time <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. you end up eating the whole opportunity in one one place <laughs> then you go back and pray that, that is the Proverbs 23 verse 7 yes Proverbs 23 verse 7 we can read it Proverbs 23 verse 7 let's, let's read it Proverbs 23 7 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Okay, verse one. Let's just give us verse one. It says, when you sit to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before you. When you sit with a ruler, when you sit with a great person, just consider carefully what is set before you. It might not even be food, but it can be opportunities put before you to see whether you know how to choose. A king, a king can know. Uh, we are having a party in the house. <laughs> a king can know by how you're eating his food whether to trust you with something. <laughs> you know, when, when, when God connects you, you pray, oh God, give me connections, give me connections. Then one day, you have a connection with this important person and then they put food on the table. Then you eat the meat. After eating the meat, you disconnect the bone. After connecting, disconnecting the bone, you disconnect the, the marrow. <laughs> and the king says, this one, if we trust him, <laughs> no meat will have bones. Whether it's the meat of any project, this, this one will eat all the company and eat the, until you even squeeze out the marrow. <laughs> this kind of appetite, you cannot give it an opportunity. So you find that the doors you ask God to open for you, all the doors you ask God to open for you, you are closing them on your own. He, God says, oh, God, I need an open door. God opens it, then you close it. Oh, Lord, I need an open door. God opens it, then you, you close. Why? Because of your too much appetite. How do you treat yourself when you are before kings? You must have certain control over your own spirit. There are people who, when they are before kings, or when they are before their pastors, when they are before their great, great men, they want to report everybody and whatever someone is doing. Oh, you know, someone is doing this and this and this and this. Yes, it's important if, some, if there's, there's danger in the company or in the ministry, you report. But when, also when you over-report, you, you are telling something to your king. You see? There are some matters when you report them. The king says, yes, that's very important. It's important that you reported that. But as the, the people are just too full of reporting, reporting. When you are before it, can you control your spirit? Can you control it? That's why he says forgive. Because if you don't forgive, you'll be the kind of person who can report, report, report before you know matters have moved and, and the moment matters move then the king begins to look at not necessarily the one who offended but you who report you find that you you are defiled before your own king because you are over reporting this and over reporting that. so whatever opportunity any place that a king or an important person opens for you you know how to eat your food or at least put your knife verse 2 says put a knife to your throat if you be a man given to appetite, says if you're a man given to appetite, if you're a man given to appetite, just put a, put a knife to your throat. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you, you're killing your own opportunity. The very doors you ask God to open, you are closing them on your own. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll beg to, to stop there. Those are the five places. Those are the five places you can close and have the devil stay far from you. Or you put him where he belongs. I wish we had more time, but the time has gone. I want to allow uh, Papa to come in. But I want to first pray with us before I allow Papa Ruben to, to, to come in. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
uh, we requested you to talk to us and you have. You have. Thank you, Lord God, for the information you have given to our spirit. I pray for everyone who has listened that this seed of the word that has been deposited in their heart will not be tampered with in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The things we have learned, Lord, King of glory, teach us even much more from the word that you have used me to speak. When we meditate on this message, give us even extra information. We give you glory and praise. We glorify you, King of glory. There is none like you. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon, and I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website, www.shiloh.org.uk. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, God bless.